0: Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio
1: experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, we discuss paid media, how you can get traffic and uh, get sales immediately. You don't need to wait like if you set up organic reach. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Carmen. How are you?
0: hi i'm good how are you
1: yeah it's a big pleasure to see you you know to meet you uh, and uh, check out your uh profile on linkedin your experience yeah i think you know this topic very well Can you tell <laughs> more about your experience background
0: like yeah absolutely so i actually work at blue shield of california um, as a paid media specialist there and i focus a lot on paid media strategy um as well as execution so Um, I that is my current experience. I have been in the paid media world for about four years now. um, And I've been in digital marketing for about eight years now. Um, And I've worked agency side and I've worked um, brand side. And I fell in love with, with working on the brand side. So that's kind of where I'm at now
1: yeah nice nice i I think you know digital marketing is huge today you know Uh, it's hard to be successful everywhere to be good uh, seo specialist i don't know Mm -hmm. smm specialist uh, paid media can you tell more about the difference between uh organic reach and paid media today
0: absolutely so it's it's interesting paid media um really it's, it is very immediate in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but it's very, very difficult. And in a lot of ways, there's similarities to um, organic um, in the terms of, you know, kind of what you're doing with your messaging. Um, it all has to still be aligned with everything across the board. So the similarity is there, but the difference is, is that with SEO, with organic, it takes time and a lot mm-hmm. of time, you know, it takes up to six months to a year, depending on the historical site value, kind of like how long your site's been there, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas with paid, it, it matters a little bit, but not as much. So you still have historical value that you kind of have to have, you have to have data in order for um, the algorithms to learn, since everything is really kind of going towards automation these days in the paid media world. Um, but it really only takes, you know, two weeks to build up a little bit of data and you know a couple of weeks to really build up enough to actually become successful um, and start bringing in your um, sales. So that yeah. would be the
1: difference. Yeah, got it. Yeah, that I with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about uh, let's talk more about um, finding the right strategy. For example, when I check out uh, some tutorials, guides, and they proclaim. You need to learn your competitors. Uh, Go to Ahrefs, SEMrush, Spyfo, or any other tools and learn competitors how they get traffic. But, you know, uh, in most cases, competitors can... uh, highlight their strong sides. You know, they have their unique selling proposition. Uh, So if you jump uh, to their field, where they have strong positions, it's hard to overcome them. You know, you can get some traffic, but you will compete with their strong sides. Can you tell more how to craft this right strategy and highlight your unique selling proposition?
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, I do think that competitive research is really, really important, but not in the way where you are repeating what they're doing. You wanna be able to do your competitive research in a way that says, what are they failing at?
1: Mm
0: You know. So if you're doing it correctly, you're looking across the board and you're saying, okay, who are the 800 pound gorillas in my industry? What are they doing well? But then where are they failing? Where are Mm -hmm. their negative customer reviews and what are they not doing well enough right now? And where can you then swoop in and say we do do that really well or we can develop a way to do that really well and then that becomes your unique selling proposition so you still need to do it
1: mm-hmm. but
0: you need to do it differently
1: yeah What? Well, how do uh, to measure uh, you know this difference between your competitors and uh, your website
0: that is a really good question. You have to use <laughs> I <drive
1: advice>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're never gonna get a complete accurate measurement. No. You can look if they're an open company, if they're a public company, you can look at their, you know, um, reports, their quarterly reports that they put out for their investors. And you can look at what some of their numbers are. Um, From that perspective, but ultimately you're going to need to rely on those some rushes of the world to see kind of what's happening from a marketing perspective Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of use your best judgment based off of your industry knowledge to kind of piece together that algorithm, like kind of like that, that Mm -hmm. reverse engineer what they're actually doing. But there's nothing that's really going to give you data into their Mm -hmm their progress or what they're actually doing so in order to measure yourself i think that's a really i think you still have to to use what you have your advantages so they're they're reporting if they have any yeah. public and then awesome. and then the sun rushes or the those competitive tools of the world to kind of look at what their google searches are and their brand volumes and things like that i usually look yeah. at their brand names, and if their brand names are not very good, I'm looking at them going, okay, (laughs) you know, so you know that they're not really well known, so they're probably using paid advertising.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so if Uh, they're using paid advertising, then you absolutely know that, you know, they don't have it together. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about uh, Google and Facebook. Can you tell why uh, these two companies can cover most? paid marketing today, uh, and uh, do we need to check out uh, other uh, platforms like Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, many others? Uh, Yeah, they have uh, paid marketing as well, but uh, in most cases, if I uh, speak with my clients, they tell me, you know, yeah, I I set up Google ads, uh, Facebook ads, and they ignore Bing and Twitter, LinkedIn. Can you tell uh, it's the right decision or not? Absolutely. Actually, we,
0: I deal with this a lot. (laughs) Um, Google and Facebook are definitely the biggest because there's so many different people that they're able to reach. Facebook, however, has made it very, very difficult. Um, It's difficult to track because of the Apple um, privacy updates that had just recently happened um, at the beginning of last year. And so with that, we're starting to really look at where else can we actually market And so what I'm starting to realize is that you really need to be able to see who you can reach, the type of people that you're reaching. So you take your target market, you look at who they are, you look at how many of those people are there, what kind of impressions can you get from that? What kind of clicks can you get from that? And then what you do is you take that information and go, okay, I need more in order to get to my revenue goal. I know that I'm going to need more people. I know that my audience is too small there. I'm not going to be able to reach enough people doing what I'm doing in order to get the remarketing audience to be large enough to do what I'm doing in order Mm -hmm. to bring in the revenue. So then you start going, okay, where can I layer people on? So if it's politics, you can go to Twitter. If it is news related, you can go to Twitter. If it is mail related, you can probably go to Twitter and be mm-hmm. pretty successful with the small with a younger crowd if it's b2b you're going to really look at linkedin if it's a segment like women who are teaching or who you want to reach for home goods or you want to reach for fitness you can go to pinterest um, so it's really looking at or let's say you know you really want to reach a younger crowd, then you're really going to think Snapchat, you know, you're not going to go to a Facebook. You're going to go Snapchat instead because younger people aren't on Facebook anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's really looking at your target audience and figuring out who that actually is from both a psychographic and demographic interest level. or targeting level, and then being able to apply the platforms based off of what you know in terms of where people are actually at.
1: Yeah, valuable. Got it. Okay, uh, let's talk about time value. For example, um, if I sell products that, I don't know, for example, a piece of product uh, can cost uh, $50, but Mm -hmm. uh, cost per click uh, $2. And uh, I get only, I don't know, one sales after a hundred clicks. That means I need to pay $200, but my products cost $50. Can you tell more about time value? Uh, Do I need to compete uh, trying to get these keywords? If time value, for example, uh, these customers can get back to buy more and invite their friends to buy? And how to analyze that it's possible to get them? That's a large question.
0: So if you are, if you have a product that's $50 and you're 200 dollars there's a problem with your targeting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put that out there right there. There you no, that's a problem with your targeting. You've gone too broad. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can when you're looking at cost and time, you that's where you really, you really have to know your target. If you Mm -hmm. do not know your target, you should not be advertising Mm -hmm. because you're just wasting money. Mm -hmm. Um, So from the perspective of how to get the most out of your time, is that the question that you're asking? Uh, For
1: example, uh, let's imagine uh, software as a service, yeah? And um, they sell subscription. Uh, Subscription for one month, $50, yeah? But uh, you can cover customers, uh, I don't know, like uh, for a year, two years, you know, it's like time value. Uh, how to analyze that these clicks will bring these customers? Oh, I understand it, estimation, but uh, yeah, uh, do we have some tools to measure it?
0: Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So great question. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to kind of go back a little bit because I'm actually going to go through a little bit of a, a process that you should actually use when you're kind of starting to think about your targeting and figuring out how to actually get to the people that you need to get to and then measure it. So you really need to be using your internal data, right? So you need to be using as much data as you possibly have based off of who you know is converting. You can create customer segment lists in your CRM in order to target people who are more effective. And then you can create lookalikes based off of that. Now, granted, in the world that we live in now with privacy and with the inability to track um, as effectively as we used to be able to, that's going to be a little bit harder with the lookalikes. They're not going to be as accurate. They're still going to be a little bit broad. But when you get to a point where you're not targeting broad audiences in paid and instead targeting those broad audiences in organic, you're going to come down to a point where you can actually effectively use your budget to get to the right people so that you're not wasting your ad dollars and you're not um bringing in a really high cpl or a really high ROAS. right mm-hmm. so the way that you're really gonna do that is you're gonna first of all target that way and then you're going to really measure that through a couple of different ways. You can measure it through your CRM. You can measure it like if you can get a CRM to kind of follow along, and you're using a multi-touch attribution system. Um, right now, you can still do that because privacy hasn't gone all the way across. Google Sandbox hasn't gone into effect yet. You know you not even Android has gone into effect yet. You only really have privacy issues with Facebook because of the Apple you know, issues. So for most, most of the time, like if you're using a CRM or an ad serving platform, you can track um, multiple touches across the, the path and you can actually get to a point where you know exactly what channel is producing what kind of revenue or where your top of the funnel is versus your bottom of the funnel. And you can kind of adjust your paid off of that. In the world of not being able to track that, you're gonna use more of an incremental value. So you're going to take the amount of what was prior to adding on your ad spend, you're going to target bottom of the funnel before top of the funnel if you already have brand awareness. If you do not have brand awareness, you're going to use your SEO, your organic, to create your brand awareness over time unless you don't have time and then you're going to go ahead and use display (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) or you're going to use programmatic. You're going to use CTV. You're going to use um, those types of media platforms to create that awareness at a lower cost that then you're going to funnel it down through your landing pages. You're going to use, um, you know, um, you're going to use, more tracking through, let's say, CTV, um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the actual name of it right now. It's very early in the morning here. I apologize.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. It's the, captcha,
0: it's the um, QR code. So mm-hmm. you're going to start using QR codes in your display, like in your CTV or in your TV ads, in your, you know, uh, any advertising that's native, Gorilla, things like that. And you're going to use that to track back and anything that you can't produce a click from if you can produce a click then you're going to track it back to your landing page anyway so everything is going to go back to your landing page you're going to use that traffic to then funnel down to the next message so you have one message at the top of the funnel one message at the middle of the funnel and then messages at the bottom of the funnel that actually speak to people's concerns. And you're gonna funnel them through those landing pages until they get to the conversion. And as you track them through that way, if you have a CRM, you can see which thing is being effective and which thing is not being effective. And you can get them down to the actual purchase of whatever service or whatever product that you're trying to actually purchase or sell. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, valuable. <laughs> <laughs> valuable. Can you tell more about tools that you use to uh, analyze all this data? Because you mentioned many metrics, uh, tracking costs. Uh, yeah. Uh, what kind of tools do you use to measure it?
0: Well, I think that depends on the industry and mm-hmm. what you have at your fingertips and what you are able to afford. Um, I see, so, And there's multiple tools that you have to use along the way, unless you have an actual CRM system set up with a multi-attribution touchpoint system that's going to measure it for you. So something like HubSpot or Salesforce, that's actually going to help you develop that system through. Um, when you don't have those systems available, you're really going to be using UTM codes your best friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. track everything that you do through UTM codes, track it through GA4. From there, you're really going to be able to, and your platforms too. So your platforms are really gonna be able to tell you your CPCs and everything else. It's not gonna necessarily indicate what it's doing on your revenue side, but what you're using on the top part of the funnel is your CPCs, your click-through rates, all of those things. In order to start looking and saying, okay, is that going to be too high, too low, whatever? So, you know, like if my CPM is, if I'm looking at it from a a total awareness perspective, I'm looking at CPM and I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm paying $24 on something that historically I've only paid, you know, $10 on, then I know that my targeting is probably not Mm -hmm. right. Right. Or maybe I'm looking at it and saying, okay, if at $24 is actually bringing in revenue more revenue than it brought in last year i might want to pay that $24 cpm mm-hmm. and look at my revenue at the bottom and go okay it's actually working because mm-hmm. that's the only thing i added on and it's actually improving my revenue
1: yeah so you kind it. of
0: you kind of have to look at it from all perspectives and go okay what's happening on the platform side what's happening within ga ga i'm really looking at bounce rate i'm looking at you know time on page I'm looking at what are people doing from those perspectives. And that's kind of indicating a little bit about targeting. If people are totally bouncing away, then I know there's either an issue with my targeting or there's a message issue. So Mm -hmm. it's trying to then go back and say, okay, if I test targeting, you know, does that reduce my bounce rate? If I tweak my message, does that change my bounce rate? And sometimes it's even looking at it going, does my message actually match my target. So mm-hmm. like am I taking a display like, am I taking display or a really top of the funnel and serving them a bottom of the funnel message? Because that's really going to get you a high bounce rate. You know? Yeah. So it's looking at it from that perspective and using all of those tools and metrics at your fingertips for free. And then just using your industry knowledge to kind of apply on top and say, okay how do I actually measure that until you get to a point where you start to see that incremental revenue at the bottom increase with each new test that you kind of implement and things that you're kind of seeing and discovering. It takes time. When you don't have the tracking methods through a CRM, mm -hmm. it takes more time. (laughs) (laughs) But use GA4, you know, stop using GA because they're no longer going to be updating that as of July 1st, 2023 with new Mm -hmm. data so start learning ga4 use google analytics as your kind of ability to kind of see what's happening on the page itself use your utm codes because you can actually track it down from campaign to keyword to like even creative level Um, and i have a code that i use all the way through all my campaigns to be able to track it effectively so i know what My creative is actually doing which creative is actually working um, and things of that nature. So use your UTM codes, use your QR codes that have the UTM parameters on the URL within the QR code. Make sure that you are using click events. So Google Tag Manager um, can help you implement click events that you're measuring through your page. And you can actually also look at scroll depth. And that will tell you kind of what's happening on your landing page. If you use something like Hotjar or Clarity, you can actually do screen captures and heat maps on your landing page to see what people are doing when they land there in order to determine where they're falling off in that message. Um, and also to see what they're how they're interacting with the service, the button service and everything, all the messaging that you kind of have there. And then from there, you're really using your back-end data. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever you seek as your kind of guiding light, your source of truth, then you're using that in order to kind of look at what's happening from a transactional standpoint on GA, and is it aligning with what you're seeing on your back-end data. Um, And if you can track back that way, and if you're able to track through GA at the transactional level, you can start to kind of see which transactions are happening on what creatives you have in market or what platforms you have in market. And you can start to look at that and apply those learnings to what you have on your internal side in order to see what's actually producing the revenue.
1: Yeah. Valuable. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. Yeah, you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you mentioned a few times about uh, funnel. Yeah. We have uh, top funnel, medium, uh, and uh, for example, um, in SEO field, we usually uh, create content uh, because of this funnel. For example, blog post uh, that shares some informational stuff, uh, but uh, we can share value help people, you know, and uh, they can get back to buy products when they are ready. How we can set up this uh, stage, stages of funnel, you know, in paid marketing?
0: Absolutely. Um, It it all goes back to your internal data Mm -hmm. and your market data, right? So everything falls back to like... um, when you're, let me, let me kind of, let me think this through, hold on. Mm-hmm. When you're setting up your funnel,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you really have to understand your market, right? So you have to understand how they're thinking before they are ready to purchase your product or your service. Um, and then you have to understand how they're thinking when they are getting ready to consider uh-huh. your service and your product, and then what they're thinking prior to purchasing. So, in order to gather that kind of data, there's different things that you can do. Uh-huh. Um, you can, if you are a company that is new, you're not gonna have uh-huh. historical data. So, you're gonna use your competitive data. And really, what you're going to start using is you're gonna use their trust pilot reviews. Mm-hmm. You're going to really be using their. Um, you're going to be using their uh, URLs, and mm-hmm. you're going to be using Semrush to kind of d- dive into what keywords are working, how people are thinking about products based off of their own funnels. So if you can figure out what your competitors' funnels are, and you can go from a high-level awareness message based off of what somebody might be thinking. And let me pull an example because it's easier when I do. So Mm -hmm. I used to be in e-commerce and I did home products in e-commerce. And so one of the things that I kind of like to say is when you think about it from this perspective, um, let's take just the example that I used in the last podcast I did, which was a vanity, a bathroom vanity, Mm right? Right. And you think through how does someone need to think about a bathroom vanity when they're thinking about a bathroom vanity, right? And if you're very top of the funnel, people aren't even thinking about bathroom vanities. They're thinking about, I want my house to look pretty, right? They're thinking about, I want to have a pretty bathroom. And I want it to look like those guys on Instagram or Pinterest And so I really want like light and bright in my bathroom and that's super top of the funnel, right? Mm -hmm. But that's how they're thinking. So when you're, when you know that they're thinking that way, you know, that you're going to put lifestyle images that are pretty on Pinterest with your brand name on it so that they know to think about you, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of super top of the funnel. And then as you're kind of working your way down, so you have this brand awareness in that way. Then they start thinking about, you know, um, I want to renovate. I'm going to renovate my bathroom. And they start thinking about all the pieces that they need to renovate their bathroom. And that's when you come in and go, well, we have bathroom vanities, bathroom lights, bathroom, you know, all the different things. And you have all of that placed in places where they're just scrolling because they're still thinking. So you're placing that on places where they're scrolling. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, they're not searching for you yet. They're just scrolling. Mm -hmm. And so you're putting yourself in places where they're thinking about those things in those ways. And so Mm -hmm. your, your content is still focused on imagery, pretty images of bathroom vanities, pretty images of bathroom lights, pretty images of flooring, whatever it might be. Right. And then you're putting your brand logo on all of those things. And your messaging when they go to click through says thinking about renovations. And that's really where your SEO comes into play. And that's where you're using your organic Facebook and your organic Pinterest and your organic Instagram (laughs) to really focus in on those things because they're not ready to purchase yet. So you're not going to pay for that, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're going to put that through organic then you're really focusing in on, okay, once they really realize they want to do that renovation, they want their bathroom to look farmhouse, they want it light and bright, they need a bathroom vanity, then they're thinking about measurements, right? They're thinking about measurements. And they're thinking about how tall do I need it? What kind of wood do I want it to be? What size do I need? And so then that's when you start using paid, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's also, you're, you know, you're kind of putting those words and you're using a product picture and you're saying bathroom vanity, 36 inches tall, four feet wide, whatever you're using those types of that type of language where you're getting that information is through SEMrush. You're getting that information through your keyword research. You're starting to discover through hashtags, through the research on how people are talking about things, what kind of questions are they asking? You're getting it through all of your normal SEO related research that you would typically do in order to determine how you're going to write a web, like a, a, you know a
1: page. Yeah. <laughs> <You got this. laughs> so that's
0: kind of where that data is coming from. So you're able to kind of reverse engineer how people are thinking. And if you actually capture your competitors display ads or whatever and then get through their you can click into their URL you can start navigating their site and figuring out okay, what does it look like when someone like what messaging are they using when someone is talking about you know top of the funnel things. And then you can use that information to then go ahead and do more research on your own through other sources. Right. So you can type in whatever keywords they're using. You can pull the top performing at, you know, URLs and start looking in Semrush and going, okay, what keywords are pulling these people in? What are they thinking about? And then you start figuring out, okay, where are they at? What are they thinking about? And as you see more and more of what people are thinking about, that starts to develop your customer funnel in terms of saying, okay, I know that they're thinking about this. I know that I need to serve them this. I know that I need to be able to do this better because this competitor isn't doing this really well. So I can swoop in here and do this better at this point. So that's how you're going. And so that's kind of how you're choosing kind of where you're putting things and how you're discovering how they're thinking. And then as they kind of come down the funnel further, you're able to then track, okay, you know, if they're thinking about, um, you know, the farmhouse vanity that's four feet wide, you know, that their intent is that they're closer to a purchase, Mm -hmm. they're more specific about what they actually want they're getting ready to say, okay, I know, I know that I've measured, I know what I need. Then you're going, okay, I know they're about to purchase. I know that they're getting ready to purchase. And that's when you're starting to say, okay, how can I get them more into my funnel? Yeah. And so you have, you know, first party data collection at that point, because they're not ready to purchase at that point. They're not ready to push like push that button and say, I want to go with, you know, um, Home Depot for that, (laughs) you know, they're saying, I want to go and say, okay, who has the best price next, right? Mm -hmm. So when you get to that point, you go, okay, let me capture their data. Let me get them into the, let me get their email. Let me get them into my email system. And then from that point, you're going, okay, now they know my name. They're seeing my emails more frequently. You're going to then be able to retarget them with a more price, a competitive price point, right? Right. So you can say, okay, prices, you know, or either price points or price points or value that is added for the price you're giving them. Right. So basically you're able to then go, okay, I'm going to serve you messages that are more related to your pain point. Your pain point information is really coming from again, your competitive research in those customer reviews. So everyone has reviews now. Everyone has reviews. So the more you look at people's reviews, whether it's on Google or Yelp or, you know, their site, product site through Trustpilot or anything else, you're looking at what people are saying about the company. Because people complain about the company before they complain about the product, typically. (laughs) So if they really didn't like what you did, they're going to talk about it. And so you're going to have a ton of information about what your competitors are really not doing well. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to say, okay, here's what we do differently to solve your pain point. Here's why you should go with us. And yeah. then that's kind of how you do that.
1: Yeah, well, you Guys, you can see that Carmen even can lose the voice, you know, to share a lot of value. So valuable. Yeah, yeah. yeah pleasure awesome. to get it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, um, can you share more about personalization? For example, if I want to create a landing page uh, to convert, uh, my uh, to sell my products, and um, uh, if today it's hard uh, to get this uh, data because uh, IOS can... Uh, yeah, uh, can hide data uh, from Facebook or something like this, you know, uh, it's hard to uh, analyze all this data. How do I know that this um, landing page uh, will be good enough for my customers and how to personalize the text on landing pages? For example, uh, let me uh, share more. For, uh, in SEO, we usually uh, uh, write a lot. No, we use uh, long content. uh, uh we can submit some information uh, uh, that uh, in paid marketing, I don't see it. Because uh, uh, in most cases, we have some short sentences with, uh, uh, I don't know, with call to action and something like this. How, how to uh, analyze it and personalize the message for landing pages and yeah, to or uh, to measure the results? You
0: need a CRM.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need a CRM. <laughs> Which CRM? Um,
0: I mean, it depends on, on what CR, like what you really need for your business mm-hmm, and what mm-hmm. you can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, HubSpot is yeah. one that I know of that I've used. Um, you can also use Salesforce, you know, but mm-hmm. you, you need a CRM to personalize anything. Yeah. So, um 100% you need a CRM to personalize
1: Is it, it possible right? to, uh, uh, to create landing pages in HubSpot and Salesforce? Uh, yeah, for any keywords, for any kind of information. And uh, what about uniqueness? Uh, I'll get some templates or uh, I can, I don't know, to personalize as maximum as possible.
0: That is a good question. And I don't mm-hmm. have all of the information on mm-hmm. exactly how that works. My apologies. That's how that question. works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but,
1: <laughs> 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 uh, uh, but, but
0: they, I know I'm at my grandmother's house that she has an actual phone. <laughs> um, but um, in terms of how it actually works, you can look that up on HubSpot, they actually have a lot of templates about how to do things like that. Mm -hmm. From a perspective of creating content, creating content is very expensive. So, personalization is something that a lot of companies don't do really well. If you have the ability to personalize through content, I would would definitely do that, but it's not something that a lot of companies are able to do. You can do it through certain paid media platforms where you can personalize emails and things like that. Um, You you can use LinkedIn messaging. You can personalize that through the platform itself. Um, I would say check into your CRM, see what they can actually do, Mm -hmm. produce as much as you possibly can. But if you have a CRM, you're able to target your, you know, kind of where people are falling off in the funnel. And I would say personalize it based off of that more than personalize it based off of their individual person,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, because it's going to get too costly. And it's really, really difficult to do that. Um, that's more through email. You can you know, personalize through a name and email, um, but really use where they're falling off. So when you have a CRM, you can start to see where people are falling off in the funnel. Are they abandoning cart are they you know falling off off of a message around price point are they falling off around a message revolving around um you know off the top of my head it's really hard to think through like exactly what they're doing but you know any type of message where they're actually falling Uh off personalize create a landing page around that particular concept bring them back in around that, but use enough data. I would use around six months to a year of data to actually figure out what the most common reasons are and do it that way. I don't even think I would totally personalize it because it's just too cost. It's really costly
1: to do yeah. that. Got it. Okay. We have the great question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have the question, how to make sales funnel and prioritize the sales funnel for paid marketing?
0: how to make the sales funnel we talked about a little bit earlier.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, prioritize
0: prioritize the sales funnel for paid marketing. So I think I'm a little bit, if you can expand on that a little bit, that would be great. So in terms Uh, of... uh,
1: Um, I can explain. um, uh, I don't know exactly uh, what the question is, but uh, I can share from my... Uh, perspectives. For example, yeah. I have limited resources. Only, I don't know, for example, 10K. And I need to uh, spend them on paid marketing. How do I know? Uh, but uh, if I check out uh, keywords on SEMrush and I'm going to use uh, Google Ads or Facebook, uh, yeah, I need to spend uh, 100K, you know, <laughs> the, to cover all these keywords. How to choose priorities, you know? Uh, for example, oh, uh, like yeah, something like this.
0: Okay. That's easy. Search intent. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, I would really, so the way that you prioritize this is through intent through what we kind of talked about. If you have the research done on your particular market Mm -hmm. and you know where people are at in their intent through the keywords that they're searching for, like I had talked about with the vanity concept, if they're searching for, you know, 24 inch, whatever, you know, you know that they're probably closer to a purchase than they are if they're searching white farmhouse vanity, right? Mm-hmm. White farmhouse vanity is still very top of the funnel. Uh, t- you know, a four-foot vanity for $400 is far more bottom of the funnel. You're mm-hmm. going to, pr- if you're needing sales and you need to spend $100,000 and bring in a ROAS of five to one or whatever your ROAS goal is, you're going to prioritize those lower funnel keywords. The majority of your budget goes there. If if there's enough search intent on your brand keywords or those types of keywords that are pulling in those sales that way, because they're less costly to pull them in at that point than if you're to pull them in at the very top of a farmhouse vanity. So Mm -hmm. even marketing, let's go, let's say you're a marketing consultant and you're looking for someone who needs to actually You know hire a marketing consultant you're not going for someone who's looking for you know um you know what is a google privacy sandbox right Mm -hmm. you're going for someone who is more so ready to hire someone based off of how to you know or uh you're saying marketing agencies near me or consultants near me consultants who deal with seo Near me, or something like mm-hmm. that, and you're using those particular signifiers in your industry to say, okay, that's how I'm going to prioritize my budget in order to bring in that role as a five to one.
1: Yeah. yeah Does that answer right. it? Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, I have the last question. Okay. If someone wanna be like you, to know paid marketing as you know, you know, with uh, a lot of skills, where do they need to go? They need to find courses, books, blog posts. Share from your experience how you learned all this stuff to be, uh, you know, an expert on, in this niche.
0: Absolutely. Um, there's two, two things I would suggest. Don't pay for a course. <laughs>
1: Don't <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I, I do. would go
0: and do actual, go to the platforms. They all have certifications. Do the certification courses. Get your initial there but then really start trying to find a mentor, get a job in paid marketing and Mm -hmm. actually have someone teach you how to do it from that perspective. Don't go to someone that is like, I mean, I am always being inundated with these digital marketing courses from universities or this is or that's and I'm like, why would I go pay you for that when you're gonna tell me exactly what Google display certification course just told me? So do your certification courses, and then try to find someone to mentor you
1: yeah good interesting and uh, how to find this mentor well
0: i did it by getting a job
1: <laughs> <laughs> i got paid
0: to learn <laughs> rather than paying someone to teach me mm-hmm. um so that's how i did it was i decided i was going to go into marketing mm-hmm. um, and i decided i was going to get into paid media through that way, and then my company paid for my mentors.
1: Yeah, got it. Nice.
0: And I got paid to learn. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's how I did it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what did. I. If you if you cannot do that, um, there are consultants out there. But just make sure they actually know what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: But do your certification courses first, because then you'll actually know if your consultant knows what they're talking about
1: yeah yeah agree with that yeah just uh, use google ad certification facebook ads yeah it's mm-hmm. the first step and it's the yeah, first the step. step
0: you're not going to understand half of it it's not going to be easy you're not going to understand how to do it but mm-hmm. at least you're going to understand the concepts enough that when someone else is telling you how to do it or walking you through how to do it it makes more sense
1: yeah okay thanks a lot carmen you know yeah a lot of valuable sites Thanks for sharing all this value with us. I'll convert this episode to uh, audio podcast, to Spotify, Google, Apple. Yeah, it's a big pleasure to learn from you, to reply to all these questions. Yeah, great insights. And thanks, guys, for listening and watching us. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast.
0: Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use.